Welcome to the Movie Holes Podcast. Yes, where those kinds of assholes. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. Hey guys, welcome to the Movie Holes Podcast. Now before we start this week's review, there's a couple things I want to tell you guys about. First of all, we have a brand new website. Woo! I know, it just launched today, movieholes.com. Come check it out. We have other movie reviews, some movie news, as well as, you know, us bitching about shit in movies. Because we're those kind of assholes who bitch about all the stupid shit in movies. We do. We also have a brand new store with merchandise off cafepress.com slash movieholes. There's a link on our website where you can get any of our branded merchandise. We're going to have new designs coming up soon. But right now we just have our logo stuff, which is awesome. So we did do a Twitter poll. We did. As to what we were going to review this week. Unfortunately, there was some bad timing. There was bad timing, that's mostly my fault, and some other technical issues, so we didn't get around to watching Ghost in the Shell, which was the winner of that. There were only three votes. There was. Is it really a winner if only two out of three people vote for it? What we're going to do is this week, after this goes up, which will be on Sunday, on Monday I will restart the Twitter poll for the exact same movies and see if we get more votes and see Oh, no, because I want to put what I had on the schedule on the new one. Okay, well, we can replace one of the crappy movies that was on that Twitter poll with that. Well, I mean, two of the movies were good movies. Yes. So, we'll replace one of the good movies. We'll throw up the Twitter poll, see how that works, end up with the winner of that being our next review. Yes. So, this week's review, it's not Ghost in the Shell. I know, I was sad, because I was one of the two votes. I I really (laughs) wanted to do Ghost in the Shell, and we will get to Ghost in the Shell before it leaves theaters. Absolutely. But instead, we raided the Red Box. We raided the Red Box, and it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Nope. We saw Office Christmas Party. Yeah. So, of course... Going into this, I think it's going to be one of those stupid office comedy party comedies all rolled into one. And that's exactly what we got. It's exactly like there's nothing that comes as a surprise. Absolutely nothing. Every single beat of this movie is completely formulaic to either a party movie or an office movie. Oh, I don't remember what happened at the beginning. (laughs) I, um, yeah. We start with Jason Bateman's character. In his lawyer's office, he's just signing his divorce papers. He's been separated, I guess, for a while. Later on, I think they say a year. I believe you are correct. And I was distracted by his tongue down Olivia Munn's throat at that point. Well, who wouldn't? The lawyer is... His office is throwing a breakfast Christmas mixer thing because it supposedly keeps people from drinking. No, it doesn't. It, it keeps makes... them from overtly drinking. Well, it just gives them orange juice to add their vodka to. Of course. So he goes to his office, 
where he needs something for some presentation or other and we overhear some IT guys and one of them's talking about his model girlfriend and all I can think of is is this girl from Canada as well <laughs> because he sounds like the sad kid at camp it's like yeah I have a girlfriend she just lives in Canada it's more like that uh, song from Avenue Q Oh, I wish you could meet my girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. He's very sad. Like, he really wants this to be true. It's not true. Well, of course it's not true. (laughs) Come on. Which, of course, leads to hijinks later in the movie. Yeah, hijinks later. And the worst part of this is the two guys that are making fun of him, he's their boss. Yeah. He's their boss. Just tell them to shut up. I would just tell them to shut up or, you know, the entire thing is completely inappropriate because you're at work. And then Jason Bateman gets to Olivia Munn's office and, you know, Olivia Munn's always a win unless it's X-Men Apocalypse, then nothing's a win. No, nothing. Nothing was a win in that movie. And she's all snarky. Well, yeah, she's the snarky hacker chick. She's a snarky hacker chick who talks to him like they're equals, even though Jason Bateman is most definitely her boss. But that the, the whole thing ends up being really weird later. They have a really odd relationship in this movie. Yeah. Like, you could tell that they want to fuck. Oh, yeah, from the beginning. Like, when she says, I got you in the Secret Santa again, and he's like, yeah, I got you too. Like, he obviously manipulated that to where they got each other again. Yeah, or they're the only ones in the Secret Santa when they pick. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea what the dynamics of this are. And then he goes up to his boss's office, and his boss is T.J. Miller. Who T.J. Miller the fuck out of this role. Oh yeah, it's most definitely just T.J. Miller being T.J. Miller. Really, T.J. Miller in this role. I feel like T.J. Miller only uh, plays one role. Yeah. It's just It, it really him. is just him doing him. So really, this is the exact same thing as him in, in, in Transformers fact, or Deadpool, Deadpool or Silicon Valley or any of those things. Everything. And you get the sense like all of these people are playing the same character they always play. Oh, absolutely. Like, Jason Bateman is Jason the Bateman straight guy. Jason Bateman is the straight guy that makes things even more ridiculous by going... That's weird. Olivia Munn's the, the computer chick. Yeah, like, she doesn't have a set role. Like, she's the only one, like, trying to find herself by doing different movies at this point. Yeah, but this totally is a throwback towards Attack of the Show. Like, her... And her gaming her, her background. Her geeky gaming stuff. Actually, geeky gamer, she just happens to be really hot. Yeah. When we go into his office, he's talking on the phone about his fantasy football league. Yeah. And they show the computer, and my instant thought was, oh, look, this is just a really long episode of The League. Yeah, but it didn't have any of those people in it. It had (laughs) not... Well, it had some of the people that were in The League on and off. Like, they weren't the main cast, but they were in The League. They show the computer screen and you could literally see the same logo and it's the same color and everything from the site they use to build their league in the league. Well, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like that, that newspaper that every movie rents. Yeah. Regardless, like it's the the fantasy website. 
just template I was just for hoping, everything. I was just hoping this existed in the same universe. Oh, because God. Because that would make it better. No. Uh, Shared universes are wrong. Though it does take place in Chicago. It does take place in Chicago. As so. does the League. So, yeah, so. It's possible. Maybe they Later are. Later on, I think there was actually a, like a nod to Harold and Kumar's Christmas. Because <laughs> you definitely see that same style of SUV with a Christmas tree on top. Yeah. T.J. Miller and Jason Bateman go out Christmas shopping. Well, yeah, because that's what you should do in your work day. Right. There's a drawbridge, because there's many drawbridges in Chicago. I wouldn't have no idea. I've never been to Chicago. Well, there's the Chicago River. goes through the city, so there's drawbridges. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> and then T.J. Miller's talking about how he wants to jump one of the drawbridges. He wants to know, figure out how fast that you would have to go to jump one of the drawbridges. And then he starts talking about Fast and the Furious. Jason Bateman's like, I never saw more than one. Same. Right yeah, here. First one, I was done. Okay, I will admit, I watched Tokyo Drift. Mostly, I think. Ugh, but that didn't really have anything that to do one, with but... the rest of them. Well, it's between... They retconned that. Yeah, they retconned the crap out of that. Besides, if it was technically in between 5 and 6 or 6 and 7, whichever, the technology in 3 would be way more advanced than it is because those bitches in Tokyo have flip phones. Yeah. <laughs> they would not have flip phones. They'd have iPhones. So, he, like, T.J. Miller goes, every single one gets more fast and more furious and my only response to that and more shitty. <laughs> like, you're talking about bad movies and then, eh, movie. So, stop that. That's really fitting considering Fate of the Furious comes out on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to the office and his sister, T.J. Miller's sister, who is the CEO of the company that their dad founded. Yes. And T.J. Miller just runs one of the branches, which is the Chicago branch. His sister shows up and it's... <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. And she is every bad boss stereotype ever. Yeah, it's the same character she played in Horrible Bosses. Yeah, the exact same. And all I could think was, Rachel got really bitchy. Rachel was pretty bitchy in the first place. Yes, yeah, she was, but she got really, really bitchy. Like, <laughs> what is Ross doing to this woman? Well, they were on a break. <laughs> Again. Again. She basically tells them that they're going to have to lay off a bunch of people. There's no bonuses. There's no Christmas party. Yada, yada, yada. And TJ Miller's like, you can't do that. These people need their bonuses. We're not laying people off. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, I'm the CEO. Whatever. So they start literally wrestling. Like. Oh, yeah. There was totally like. Like kid siblings like very young siblings do this kind of crap adults in an office do not i don't know what you're talking about because i've definitely seen fights break out between siblings at my job like throwdowns yeah uh and she's like she kicks his ass because she took krav maga well yeah krav maga is basically 101 ways to rip a guy's nuts off well yeah she probably took it from Eliza Dushku. I mean, especially <laughs> if this is, in fact, the League universe. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's just another tie-in to... Maybe she did take it from Eliza Dushku in Chicago. Even though she lives in New York. Eh! Eh, whatever. 
You know what? These these movies don't put that much thought into it. Yeah. Why should I? They talk about how she just closed down the Orlando branch. Well, yeah. No one needs a branch in Orlando. That just means more people are going to end up working at the theme parks, and nobody needs that. I'm getting enough hours as it is. (laughs) Theme parks always need more employees. High turnover rate. It's all the basic structure of every comedy. So it's really hard to keep straight of what the actual plot points are. Oh, absolutely. Because really you're going through the office struggle of, oh my god, we have to save the company. Right. And blah, blah, blah. If we get this giant account, then we can save the company. We and can save it. And then that yeah. turns into, to get the giant account, they have to throw the biggest rager ever. Well, they have to throw a Christmas party because this the guy who is supposedly in charge of the account, is really sick of corporate America and really sick of the way corporate America does things. You're going to lay people off, and as long as the board gets their bonuses and the bottom line is met, who cares? And he's sick of that attitude, and he wants things to go back to the way they used to be, where people didn't get fired, people didn't get laid off. I'm pretty sure corporate America always ran the same way. It's just much more transparent now. Oh, yeah. They have to do all that. Olivia Munn had an idea to save the branch and everybody like dismissed her because she wants to use everything connected to an electrical grid to provide internet access. That would be awesome if it was real. That's not how electricity works. The internet is not that. Like it's not part of the electrical grid. It's part of the communications grid. It goes through phone lines and coax cables and How fiber do you know? optics. Maybe it's possible. I, I'm not a, I'm not an engineer. It may be possible. It seems far fetched. Well yeah, of course it seems, seems extremely far fetched. Well yeah, that's why they did it like regardless of the possibility is it seems far fetched so they can more easily dismiss her claims. Especially since it's not ready yet. Right. Even though she fixes it in 12 seconds at the end. After she figures out what's wrong with it. They're putting together a party. Yes. And they're just going for it. Like, every possible thing you could throw at an office Christmas party, which is a bad idea. You've got a shitload of liquor. Yes. You've got a DJ. You've got a dance floor. You've got reindeer. You've got Snow Machine. There was Jesus. There was a Jesus. There's just every possible thing that, one, you're going to need to expand the daycare center. And two, you're going to lose some people out a window. (laughs) But it's okay because Mary in HR is there to remind you. Mary in HR. Let me tell you, as Kate McKinnon was Kate McKinnon. She was absolutely hilarious in this role and it's always that role beyond ghostbusters ghostbusters was a little bit different but that kind of really just taking the by the book type of person and make them ridiculous oh yeah she definitely turns it up to 11 the numbers all go to 11 yeah and she's great at it i love her in that role i also love her as uh kellyanne conway but it's just me. It's fine. She doesn't so, get to do that as much. So so that all of that seems like a hugely bad idea. Absolutely. And Jason Bateman goes to his bachelor pad to get ready for the party. And as he's getting ready, 
Jennifer Anderson shows up and offers him a job at the New York branch when they close down the one in Chicago. Well, yeah, there has to be some sort of conflict, I guess. And, and he's like, I can't do that to your brother. And she's like, he's got a trust fund to fall back on. What are you going to do? So he doesn't say no. But he doesn't say yes. But he doesn't say yes. It's kind of like we were on a break. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he goes back to the Christmas party. There's a security guard. She is awesome. <laughs> like, you were really a, impressed with the security guard. I was guard. really impressed with her because she made her, like she, the woman playing the security guard, I don't know who she is. She made that character seem like a just a straight up badass. There was one time she was wrapping a huge Bowie knife. Not in a, not in a sheath, nothing, just huge Bowie knife that she's wrapping as a Christmas present. Well, yeah. And I'm like, who needs a knife that big? Are you trying to hunt whales with it? But she, she looks badass and tough as hell. And all I can think is, if I need protection, I want her to protect me. <laughs> and she is all about her job. She is about the protection. She is protecting the hell out of that building. Yes. Well, that was a Divine Joy Randolph. Ah. Who really hasn't done any other movies. But she's done a bunch of TV series. But she also was Oda Mae Brown in Ghost the Musical. Ah. And got a Tony nomination for it. Well, she's a badass. The and things I love her. you learn. She's a badass, and I love her. <laughs> I will let I'll, I'll let her know. She so Jason Bateman gets up to the party. Him and Olivia Munn start talking, and it's very clear he wants to bang her. Yes, and I'm like, just divorced, already trying to nail Olivia Munn. Wouldn't you be trying to nail Olivia Munn? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. would be trying to nail Olivia Munn. Yeah. I mean, if that was an option, which it clearly is for him, I would. There's the get, uh, customer service rep. Oh, yes. Who is that guy in the office movies that just absolutely fucking hates everybody. He hates everybody at the office. He hates everybody he comes in contact with. And I'm like, he's in customer service. This does not seem good. No, that seems completely accurate. Because yeah, you know well, your customer service persona yeah. and your real persona oh, yeah, are have completely one. different. Oh, yeah. And you're thinking of Rob Corddry. Rob Corddry. And he's you know, basically he's, the same character he always is. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, he's yeah. always that fucking guy. But the fact that they made that fucking guy into their customer service rep for real reasons beyond my understanding i thought that was hilarious <laughs> and i'm like i love this guy this guy is awesome well of course there's also the guy who pretended to have a girlfriend who hires a hooker yes to pretend to be his girlfriend absolutely then we get to him going downstairs to meet the hooker and her pimp gets out of the car and you're expecting like one of those guys like tattooed face grill Nose rings, and it's a girl. Yes, yeah, so it's Jillian Bell, who, if you don't know Jillian Bell, um, if you saw the night before, she played Seth Rogen's wife. She did. She was, as everything I've seen her in, I've loved her as that character, but she doesn't have a set character. Like, it completely 
No. It's usually the bubbly girl. We, yeah, the kind of bubbly the girl. happy bubbly, and she starts out that way, and then she pulls out a gun. And, and she just goes nuts. And she just goes fucking crazy, and she's like, I've had a bad day. I'm willing to kill somebody. Do you, do you want it to be you? I'm like, nope, nope, that's fine. Oh, my God. It was so funny. This is, like, the one person who actually breaks out like, of their stereotypical, this is like, what yeah. role I play in everything. She does a wonderful job doing it, too, because she, when you start with, like, the bubbly personality and just, just go fucking crazy bitch with a gun, it's amazing. And it made me laugh very hard. The other thing that really was ridiculous for me, Allison, T.J. Miller's secretary, who is played by Vanessa Bear. Right. And then the new guy. Oh, the new guy. Played by Randall Park. Yes. And they start to hook up, and she's a single mom. And he's, like, calling her mom. Oh, my God. He totally has. And asking her to punish him. And oh, my God. He definitely has a mommy fetish. A complete mommy fetish. And the whole thing is completely ridiculous. But this entire scene is taking place in the daycare. Yes. In this office. There Which, was a point earlier where there was parents who brought a kid to this fucking party. And Jason Bateman goes, put him in my office. I'm like, would you why put wouldn't him in you the put daycare? him in the daycare center? Because that's where kids are, like, it's made for kids. There are toys, there are electrical outlets to plug in their iPad, there's beanbag chairs, there's all kinds of stuff for kids. In the daycare. In the daycare center. Like, that would be the more logical place to put him. Of all the ridiculous things in the movie. Yes. This is the one that perplexes me. <laughs> it's just every trope. Just every single thing that you can think of happens. Yes. The hooker has cocaine. Somebody puts the cocaine in the snow, snow machine. machine. It blows into the guy who controls the account's face. Yes. So now he's all hyped up on cocaine, and that's when the party gets started. Olivia Munn had brought a basketball player don't know who he is because i don't watch basketball he's in the bill he's, he's, he's on the bulls he's on the bulls she brings him and that's jason bateman's all jealous i don't know why his basketball player because basketball player but what of this techie girl makes him think she's interested in a guy just because he's a basketball player i don't know honestly when she said oh my girlfriend works pr for the bulls like i was hoping she meant her actual girlfriend not friend that is a girl. It, it, it would have changed the dynamic of the movie, but it would have absolutely destroyed that whole Jason Bateman trying to nail her. Yeah, because that part. was so just incredibly stereotypical. I mean, there's a point where she's like, I have your secret Santa present, and they go on the roof, and you know the second they walk out on the roof, the oh, then, door's going to close, and it's locked. And it's going to be locked. It's totally going to be locked. Of course that's what happens. Oh, look, her secret Santa gift to him is a joint. Well, the, I would enjoy that. And apparently, they had kind of tried to date before, but it was just after his separation, and he was still there. Well, yeah, guys. Mm. So, he goes to kiss her, and then the HR guy comes out on the roof to pee, because that's as you do. Well, there was an orgy in the bathroom. There was an orgy going so on in the bathroom. why would you go to the bathroom? If you have to pee, you go to the roof. It makes sure. perfect sense to me. Um, or you could go one floor down. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like uh, way too much problem. So Trouble something. That's how know. they get back in the building. It's not like the huge, we're stuck on the roof the entire time after that thing. 
which is what I was really expecting. They would be stuck on the roof for the rest of the time. No, but there was more hijinks to be had. There was so much hijinks. We we go to Jennifer Anderson's character sitting in the airport trying to get to... Heathrow. Heathrow uh, in London. Because she said that if they can close this deal by the time she lands at Heathrow, their branch can stay open. Yes. Well, now all the flights are canceled because of a snowstorm. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was happening. Yeah. And she's a... Bitch to a little kid. Well, the little kid ate her Cinnabon. Wouldn't you be a bitch to the kid? Yeah, pretty much. That kid deserved it. But still, it's just another thing to show that she's the typical bitchy boss prototype Well, thing. yeah. I'm just saying, if you eat my Cinnabon, I'll cut you. Then they show her in an Uber with the chatty Uber driver. Oh, my God. Because yeah. everybody loves the chatty Uber driver. I... This is definitely a new way of showing the chatty cab driver. Well, yeah, because now... Because now it's all Uber. It's all Uber. I, I really don't uh, understand. And the first thing I'm thinking of when I see the chatty Uber driver and the way she... Her manu- her mannerisms are and the way she talks, and I go, oh my god, did they find the female reincarnation of Chris Farley? She is exactly a female Chris Farley. Exactly. To me, she looks like she could be related to him. She talks like him. Her mannerisms are the same. Like, I literally wanted her to be like, fat guy in a little coat. Well, at least she doesn't live in a van. Down Down by by the the river? river. (laughs) And I live in a van down by the river. So at some point, the hooker had told the guy that for the entire night it was going to be another $2,000. Yes. So, of course. So, of course, he ran to every ATM in town. Wouldn't you? To get $2,000 because apparently in Chicago the withdrawal limit is $200. Well, it depends on the ATM. If you're going to one of those shitty ATMs that are like in a bodega Mm. or a convenience store, they usually have a lower limit than an actual bank ATM. However, banks tend to put a daily limit on how much you can pull out of any ATM. Yes. And it's much lower than two grand. It is. It's usually like 600. He found out that while he was paying her, she was also giving hand jobs to guys in the bathroom. Well, yeah, she has to make some extra side money. Yeah. So he asked for his money back at the same point that her pimp shows up. Of course. And her pimp pulls out a gun. Again. And then T.J. Miller's like peeing on the sidewalk or something. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I just um, remember he was gone. And she, the hooker's like, that dude's rich and drunk. And the pimp's like, then why are we dealing with this nerdy dude? Go away. Oh, no. He was outside because um, the dude with the account like fell. Oh. N- went to the hospital. Yes. 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 Uh, so... The dude with the account swung, tried to swing from Christmas lights across from one balcony to another. Yeah. That doesn't work. No, because they're not going to stay plugged in. Plus, you know, they're not the strongest of things. No, so of course he falls. snaps, he falls. I assumed he was dead. Apparently he wasn't. No. It looked Uh, like he should have been dead. He looked like he should have died. And this was right after... Uh, Rachel from Friends Jennifer Aniston showed back up to tell them this needs to shut down we're closing your branch 
blah, blah, blah. And then Kate McKinnon tells them that the guy with the account had gotten fired. Had gotten fired at the close at the of business. close of business that day. So they were literally doing all of this for no reason. That's correct. And then he leaves. And everybody's like, he's rich. He'll be okay. And his secretary's like, he's only got $300,000 left. He's kept everything afloat. All your extra stuff, this whole party, all of it came out of his personal account. <laughs> and he has the $300,000. In cash. In cash. Strapped to his chest. And now he's with a pimp. And a hooker yes. who are trying to get his money. And he's drunk. And he's drunk. And, and an idiot. An idiot. As well as probably still high. Yeah. There's definitely cocaine in TJ Miller's face too. Yeah. So the rest of the movie is the pimp and the hooker trying to get his money. Or find out where his money is because they don't know that he has it on him. Yes, because they misunderstand him when he says it's on his person and safe. Yeah, as he, he slurs his words so it sounds like he says, in my personal, in my personal safe. Yeah. So, and then Jason Bateman and Olivia Munn and Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon and Jennifer Aniston are trying to find him to stop him from being stupid. Dun, dun, dun. And it turns into Fast and the Furious. Then it turns into Fast and the Furious with a minivan. Well, I mean, that's... Just as also acceptable as anything I, I, else. I wanna I wanna say yay for product placement. Because they're <laughs> like, Are you sure this minivan is up for it? And Kate McKenna's like, It's a Kia. It's what God would drive. Which is bullshit. I've owned a Kia. Yeah, Kias aren't that good. Mm. Nah, if God sh- wanted a car, it'd be a McLaren F1. I feel like God would be less flashy. But he could afford a McLaren F1. Anyway. I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm just saying he doesn't seem like that flashy a guy. Seems like a drunk in a bar trying to write a book because mm. he gets visions. Okay, stop with the supernatural. <laughs> anyway, Can't help it. so we get to the Fast and the Furious part where T.J. Miller's going to jump the bridge. Of course, Jason Bateman's like because Olivia Munn keeps telling him he's just playing everything safe because now she knows he was offered a job in New York. She was also offered a job in New York. She said no. Well, yeah, to triple her salary a. In an apartment overlooking... An apartment overlooking Central Park. Yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't say that. It's you a don't movie. say that. It's a movie. She <laughs> said no. If it was Poor real shit. life, you wouldn't She'd say that. She would have been no. like, I could put up with New York, okay? Yeah. Real life, you'd say yes. Yeah. But this is movie world, so she said no because of loyalty. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you think I'm playing it safe? If you jump that car, I'm jumping this minivan. No. First of all, no. Like, maybe the little car that T.J. Miller is driving could make that jump. Not a minivan. If they were going fast enough. You'd have to be going at least, like, 120 miles an hour. I think 115 is what they ended up talking about. Uh, Because that was the whole, like, They literally did the math. So Jennifer Anderson's like, I'm not dying in a minivan. Grabs the wheel and slams into T.J. Miller's car, which since both cars flying off in different directions. Yes. They're spinning. T.J. Miller hits a... Snowbank flies up and slams into the main internet hub of Chicago. I feel like that's not a thing. I don't think so either. It might be like a huge communications hub. Yeah, but... It could have knocked out the internet for the entire city. But then... With a cascade failure or something, maybe. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. It's possible. I guess. 
I but just... anyway, this is where this is where like all the resolutions start. Well, yeah. Then TJ Miller's taken to the hospital. The pimp and the hooker are taken to the hospital. No one in the minivan is very is like hurt. No, they're all fine. They're fine. Because they just spun. They spun a lot and slammed into like this display of presents. Yeah, that was it. Whatever. Because you know, Kia. <clears throat> Kia, whatever. <laughs> they get to the hospital. They're talking about how fast the car would have to go. Jennifer Anderson says something to the living room on, like, real life is messy and it's not perfect details all the time. And that's when, oh, look, that's what's wrong with my project of everything giving you internet access. Yeah. In a town with no internet access. Oh, my God. So they would have, like, they're like, we'd have to start it in a vacuum. Oh, look, we're in a vacuum. So they race back to the office. Yes. Which is destroyed. Like, <laughs> I know. There are many windows broken. Equipment has been thrown out of this very tall office building. There's fire. Like, there's smashed stuff on the ground. I'm surprised there's not dead bodies. Well, there were a bunch of people laying there. Lay- but I think it was because they all got tased. Drunk or tased because the security guard shut that thing down. Yeah. <laughs> she had a taser and she was going to town. I swear they show her tase Jesus. I think she did. Yeah. Actually. So there's a bonfire. Like this place is destroyed. And the security guy was like, I'm sorry. And Jason Bateman's like, I expected worse. I'm like, how do you expect worse? <laughs> like this is millions of dollars worth of damages here. But okay. Whatever. I mean, if they're going out. Yeah. You gotta go out go out in style. So, Olivia Munn's office has a pad key lock. So, you have to have a code to open her door. So, nobody's been in there. It's perfectly fine. She gets all the stuff she needs. They need a dial-up because there's no wireless internet access. There's no internet access at all. So, they find a dial-up modem they upload this program to the, the grid. Yes. After a few seconds, the lights brighten, and look, everyone has internet access. And all I can think of, because I was a business major, is how do you charge for that? Yes, yeah, seriously, how like, do you charge for that? Everybody's being connected to the internet for free right now. How do you charge for this? It, it feels like one of those things that would be a really cool piece of technology, but it never actually come to fruition. Like, if the city got behind it and was like, we'll pay you to do it, you would have to have that one tech-savvy city to be like, we're offering free internet access to everyone that lives here. So Seattle? Yeah, or San Francisco, I think, has a program. Yeah, but still, it's just completely ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculously... Just bad business, but somehow it saves, it saves that branch. The company. Like it doesn't like it saves that branch. They're gonna stay after a lot of repair work. Just a buttload of repair work. And of course, throughout this whole thing, Jennifer Anderson's character learns the lesson that it's not always cool to be a bitch. And the fact that her dad's dead and her brother is the only thing she has left for family changes her mind because that's what always happens. Oh, she learned that lesson? I must have missed it. Well, she becomes cool at the end. She's all like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be drinking on your medicine. Wink. Oh, yeah. Which is, okay, they had done that whole, yeah, you know, it's fine, it's fine, we won't have the party. Party, we're going to have, I can see you. They did that once. It was much funnier at the end. It was much funnier at the end, but I think 
Part of it was Ben Falcone, who was the doctor. Right. Because he's just funny. He's just funny as a straight guy. Absolutely. For the ridiculousness. I, I'm not sure if he's that funny as the straight guy because he's married to Melissa McCartney or... <laughs> Melissa McCarthy? That's what I said. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, it's possible. Like, she might rub off on everybody and... He has to play the straight guy, otherwise the marriage doesn't work. Because there's only room for one super funny person in a couple? Yeah. <laughs> it's not me in this one. Mm. From what you say, it's not me either. Yes, yeah, the dog. Duh. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the end of the movie, everybody's like, Olivia Munn and Jason Bateman are now together. The secretary who had made a bad choice originally is now hooking up with the guy who pretended to have a girlfriend. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know where that came from, by the way. Just out of the blue. Oh, look, now we're going to kiss. and uh. Oh, it was kind of like they were together running the office when everyone else was chasing down the uh, boss. Yeah. And they had a thing. And they weren't, like, he went to kiss her and she's like, coffee. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he she grabs him. Yeah. Which is just like, okay. And then weird. Uh, Kate McKinnon's character, who is the HR rep, and the customer service guy they have a few like little flirty things going on too yeah which is weird because they have boiling hate each other well of course through this entire thing opposites attract <laughs> or she was a good dancer i don't fucking remember some of the details in this shit is just really random yeah i'm gonna say not the best movie. Not the best. Not the worst. Not the worst lately. movie. Like Masterminds was way worse. Than way this. worse. I mean, it's by the numbers. It's very by the numbers, but it works with the character mix they put in. Absolutely, and I think they did a good job of mixing the dynamic of an office comedy and a party comedy. Yeah, and not and not to of... mention the holiday comedy. Yeah, because all of those tropes are there. Absolutely, but in a way that mixes it really well. It does. It wasn't... Because I think that's the worst part about, like, party comedies. Yeah. It's like, there's not enough time for a plot. Like, what's the plot and can't hardly wait? I can't even remember. Um, stalker dude loves this girl and somehow in the end he gets her from a letter. And there's a weird angel and Barry Manilow. Well, she's not actually an angel. She's a stripper. Yeah, close enough. I, I do know Jenna Elfman's part in that. Of course you do. I know <laughs> she's a stripper. I was just saying. Yeah. But, but nonetheless. Yeah, it's... Oh, it is what it is. It's it's a comedy. They're pretty paint by numbers now. Pretty much. It's, it's hard to find fault with this mix of characters because Jason Bateman and TJ Miller play off each other so well. Yeah. Because he's... Like, Jason Bateman's such the straight guy and TJ Miller's such the goofball. Absolutely. So I'm going to say everybody does... A good job at what they're doing. Absolutely. They're There's just, just nothing... Nothing surprising. Nothing that completely takes you to a whole different part. Like, it's not... There's no gut-busting... No. Laugh-to-you-cry jokes. And there's nothing, like, that's so horrific that I want to scoop my eyes out. Yeah. And just die until right. I have to watch another movie. Eh, it's in the eh, middle. It's It's in the middle. It's not going to be up for any kind of awards anytime soon, but... I don't think it was made for that. No, it was just made to be a fun, like, yeah, Christmas time comedy. Yeah. And they got the money for it, so whatever. Exactly. It works. So I guess that's going to be it for our discussion about Office Christmas Party. 
Yeah. As a reminder, go check out our new website at movieholes.com. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or you can just send us an email if you want to tell us stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're at themovieholes at movieholes.com. Yes. It's very hard to remember. Yeah, and I, while you're at moviesholes.com, if you go to Twitter, you'll be able to vote on our Twitter poll. Absolutely. Which will go up on Monday, the day after this podcast up posts. So, yeah, so that would be Monday, April 10th. And it will be open until Friday morning. Yes, until Friday morning, the 14th. Yes, the 14th. Yes. On the 14th, we will be... Watching a new movie, hopefully. Yeah. We are making a Twitter covenant. It's whatever you guys vote on. Yes. Don't make me be the only vote. I know what I'm voting for, because I know what I want to make him watch. Oh, boy. It's Monster Trucks. No. No. Please, no. Yes. Vote for Monster Trucks. Anyways, you don't got to go home. But we ain't staying here. 